Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents the VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Gold on Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's the VC Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening. Wherever you get this podcast, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Good, man. I'm happy this week is almost over, personally. Ooh, you <laughs> telling dog. Man, this week was just like, yo, hold it. Don't move. It'll only make it worse. Right? Just <laughs> just 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 hold still. Get run rough shot a little bit. It's gonna be okay. One of the things you didn't necessarily see coming. You know what I'm saying? One of them kind of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it uh, probably more for you than for me. I'm just tired, but yeah, you uh, are, are tired and and put upon. By... Put upon. That is a great way to put it. I feel put upon. I had to go all damn TMZ on Wednesday. That yeah, was how'd that go. You know, it went. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, kind of did it. Kind of rolled. Um, sometimes you don't expect for like people to be trying to argue with you. Mm-hmm. And part of why I don't expect in many places for people to try to argue with me is if we being frank there's a reason why most people don't try to like beat you in a running race yeah you know what i'm saying like you coming in with that faux tray they know this (laughs) this is not the game to play and so when i show up places and people are what i find to be a bit argumentative i'm not accustomed to it because people don't really be trying to argue with me that doesn't really happen but the problem is when the people do try to argue with me is typically people that probably shouldn't try to like win an argument with me, but you can't just be knocking the hell out of people. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it doesn't play unless people really despise the person. So I was just like, oh, this is a wee bit argumentative, right? But, you know, I'm, I'm still TMZ. like, TM, yeah, on TMZ. Huh. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm a little surprised any of this is happening in the first place. I had, because when it came through, you know, again, we try to promote this TV show, right? So you ain't really saying no to a whole lot of stuff. But I was like, guys, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, this is one of those, you talk to media relations, like, yo, you better let them know. Like, you know, we're not doing this. I did not call Beyond a sellout, da da da, all that stuff. But, you know, got through it. Yeah, I have to look that one up. I, I, while you may not, or why it may not play well often, I personally like pros versus Joe's. <laughs> I, I miss that as a program. So I will be searching out this TMZ and and watching you do your version of uh, Floyd Mayweather getting into a street fight. Yeah, that was that was more like Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, right? Like, hey, nobody okay. wants to see a knockout. You know, we just kind of yeah. like, it's I ain't got no control over the edit, but man. Pros versus Joe's is maybe my favorite television show of all <laughs> time. I can't get enough of Pros versus Joe's because they were always, you could tell, like uh-huh. now you work in TV, you could tell when the yeah. producers are like, hey, toss a smack to him. Toss a smack to Jerry yeah. Rice or whoever the person <laughs> it is. And then the yeah. people get out there and do it. And them old pros be wearing them Joe's out every <sighs> I feel like that's educational. Like all everybody needs to watch Pros versus Joe's just so you understand what time it is. But they don't believe it. Them people, like, <laughs> if you are, I, I've been around some Joes who were like, nah, they picked the ones who can't do it. If it was me, 
Yeah, you get your ass embarrassed too. <laughs> yeah, no. bad. I need to start calling. That's what I need to start calling my Twitter mention. Pros versus Joes. <laughs> that's what I feel like on Twitter so often. It's just a big old yeah. game of pros versus Joes. I, I find it amusing personally. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, oh, I mean, I'm here for the highlights. You know, I used to be the king of pros versus Joes on Twitter. And then what happened was the Joes, none of them was real no more. You know what I'm saying? Like once the Joe stopped, and what made it worse was once the Joe stopped being people, my actual people stopped replying to stuff because they didn't want to have to deal with the Joes that was coming in acting ridiculous. And so it just becomes a totally unfulfilling experience for your boy. Like it just there's, there's there's no there's no heart to it. Like now when me and you want to talk about something, we just get in the group chat. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to um, do it in front of the Joes. <laughs> I wish I could take some big moral stance about how little I'm on Twitter or how it le- how I'm not engaged because it's a cesspool and Elon Musk and blah, blah, blah. But I just don't find it enjoyable and I have it for quite some time. So I hop on there every now and then and then like I- I'll find out about stuff later, but I don't be too stressed out about it. Uh, like sometimes Mina shoot me something I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's important. Let me get on there and check it out. But I, I don't know. It just ain't. It ain't fun to feel like work. No. Nah. Good on that. I'll work enough. One day game theory is going to go away. And when it does, I'm off the tweets. I'm yeah. off the gram. I'm off all of it. I'm going to go back to things back to the way they were. I might go buy myself a 40 ounce of Coke 45 just to celebrate the time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, now, we got we got some NFL uh, to talk about here. But first. Um, as many of you know, Foxworth Friday, we recorded on Thursday. Otherwise, how else could you get it in the morning on Friday? You know, but bef- just before we got on, we got word that Brittany Griner was on a plane heading back to the United States of America. Woo. Yeah. Like, I don't know what like deep thing there is for us to say about this necessarily. Right. She was in jail for what, nine months? over not even some actual weed but the remnants of something in a vape cartridge or something like that and she is on the way back it is incredible great news i am so fearful dominique that we will simply trivialize it yeah i mean i I, i'm with you i don't know what what there is to say it is big news but there's nothing to talk about there's just a celebration that she gets out i mean were we supposed to break down the trade? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what to do with it. Like, the, tra- for her. the trade breakdown is interesting. Like, if we did want to say this, I would have to say it seems as though uh, Putin extracted a great deal of surplus yeah. in this yeah. trade. You give us an arms dealer, we'll give you a basketball player. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, if, if we are breaking down the merits of the trade, uh, I, it doesn't feel like we got what we need out of it. But I mean, the leverage is the leverage and yes. uh, it's all interesting reading because like she, it, the celebrity is so valuable. And I think you guys were talking about this before, how important attention is in this, uh, in the modern world. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, this feels like po- I, she wouldn't have gotten out if she weren't a celebrity, but also she may not have gone in if she weren't a celebrity, Right, but all that matters and it's all tied in to some degree with the, like what's happening with the war in Ukraine and trying to play it all. Like I just found it all kind of uncomfortable when it's somebody's life and someone's life who's has not chosen to be in 
the world of geopolitics. So like I remember around elections, it's like, oh, they're going to try to bring her back because it's going to help uh, the Democrats win or Putin's going to try to hold her in order to like stick it to the Democrats and give uh, the other side something to, to campaign on. And I know all that stuff just is like gross. Like she just she just was trying to hoop and smoke a little bit. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not that serious. Like them videos, you know, the the stuff that we were getting back, you know, from her, from Russia and just here, like it was just so sad and deflating because, you know, we had a couple of jokes on Game Theory about, you know, what's going to be like if Britney gets out, you know, taking yeah. your weed to a place where they don't really do the weed thing. But dog, we ain't think she was going to be in there for nine months. I had a friend that was in jail in one of these countries where you don't do that because he got caught up with it. And I was worried about him, but I had jokes. I had lots of jokes. I don't know if I've told him any of them yet. Oh, uh, but it was it was hard not to have the jokes at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe I'm just a coward, but <laughs> if I ever get caught up in something like that, I guarantee you it's trumped up. I guarantee <laughs> you it is completely fabricated and trumped up. We don't have to ask questions. Like, I, it ain't nothing that good to me to play like that. Nah. Like, a, I'm not going to those cut those countries, and B, I don't enjoy nothing enough that's like man i can't go a week i can't go two weeks i can't enjoy this vacation without like yeah i think another element of the grounder story and i think this part is like something that's worth discussing is at once i feel like it pointed out why you like you said the power of celebrity and so i guess we could say some i don't want to say the power of social media because that feels a little reductive but i mean the power of people being loud and persistent about something but also the limitations of it because in the end, the, none of that mean nothing to Putin. Like, I was feeling bad for Joe Biden. They're like, bring Britney home. I'm like, what are you supposed to do? Call John Rambo to swing in on a, like, get a grappling hook, swing in on a rope, break into Russian prison and take her out? Like, it don't really work that way. It can't be done. And I'd love to know, like, what exactly the, the machinations were on the negotiation. Because I do feel like it was all fun and games until the words penal colony came up. And that's when it was like, oh, man, this has gone way too far. Because at first they're like, ah, not so bad. Yeah. Then they said she was going to be in for nine years. I don't think any of us had considered like nine years. That's a long time for something so minor. Your point about the like pressure from social media. I, I, I do think it's part of the reason why she came home, but because it's it was clear that people cared mm -hmm. and that matters. But also, yeah, it's a it's a bad spot to be in from a leadership standpoint, Joe Biden or whoever is president at any time, because you're like, I don't have no power. I don't have no leverage. OK, so what you want me to do is give up whatever leverage we have so we can get a hooper back or you want me to declare war? Like, <laughs> I, I, And also on top of it, which I guess is, is generally the problem or one of the challenges of being a president or even a smaller scale a CEO or even a parent is the problems that you solving ain't problems that you created. So like, I, I, and like, I know that Joe couldn't say this or didn't want to, but like, I wouldn't know how I would feel. It's like, I ain't do this. Like, <laughs> I don't know whether she had the cartridges or didn't have the cartridges, but I don't care. I ain't do this. Like I got other stuff. We got, <laughs> we trying to deal with an economy over here. We got crazy people running for office. Yeah. In certain places, like, and y'all on me because a center wanted to smoke. Yeah, this ain't this ain't the top of the stack. 
right? <laughs> Is no. it, it ain't the top of the stack. It yeah. ain't about pay imbalances between the WNBA and the NBA. It was about an egregious abuse of power by the Russian government, right? That's really all it comes down to. My thing about the, the you know, if they could make a living wage playing in the United States, they wouldn't go. And I do think their wages are like wild low and there's something to be done for that. My argument always is if they making like $2 million over there to play and if they pay $2 million to play in the WNBA, they still be getting on them planes to go get them $2 million. Even with this happening, right, they would still get on the plane to get the $2 million. Like nobody, I felt like so much of the discussion that came after what went down with Griner was so poorly thought out and just so agenda driven. And I think that people, when you right. say something is agenda driven, think of that as being more sinister than I, than I mean when I say that. I just mean that people had a point that they wanted to make and this looked close enough to the point to keep going and to make that point. But if you ask some follow-up questions, nobody really has the answers, right? And you just realize this was just terrible. Yeah. Right. We can't necessarily ascribe it to anything else. Maybe this was the plan for the Russians the whole time was to get a swap. I honestly have no idea. Like, I feel like we don't really know any more about how this happened now than we knew at the time because we went straight to making it about ourselves. Yeah. No, I mean, the agenda driven part is true. And like, I, I'm guilty of that sometimes, too. I, I recognize that. But in this case, it seemed like wholly unnecessary and kind of like y'all missing a point they ain't the enemy right now <laughs> they're not the ones and and back to the point about like the attention and celebrity and all of that value like i think about this in sports a lot where like sports is entertainment but like the main goal is to win which is all, all is not always consistent with entertainment and that same like kind of friction exists in this where it's like Joe Biden is not going to we're not going to be talking about him undercutting the rail unions nearly as much as getting Britney home, whereas. Where should his motivation lie? Because like there is more good press and more capital to be earned by de dedicating yourself to something like that than there is to be earned. Like he it doesn't feel like he's taking as much of a hit as I think he probably deserves considering the way that he presents himself for like undercutting the, the rail unions. But anyway, this is a bit off track, but in tied back into sports, like you see that challenge all the time. And like, it's, it's, it's baseball. It's a, you know, it's like baseball wants to stick to these analytics rules because it gives you or analytic style because it gives you a better chance to win, but it's clearly made the game less enjoyable for football. At least it seems like, the game is so complex that there are a bunch of different ways to do it. And it all gets interesting. And they've also changed. They've been willing to change the rules to force us away from that nineties style football that we used to, we used to watch is five yards in a cloud of dust, man. I love five yards in a cloud of dust. Like I say, they turned what was a great drama into a big budget action movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's kind of what the, what the groove was and see with football is interesting to me, the analytic space actually made it better yeah and the reason is all the analytics stuff is taking these big old manly men who talk so much about courage and guts and everything else and now telling them to actually use them on fourth down every now and then right <laughs> like you don't have to punt so much guys i think 
with football where the analytics get it wrong on partially on the entertainment, but also the function is the numbers ain't really explaining the story on running the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. the, the, you're getting your face run through over and even if it's 3.33 yards, every three downs and you just keep moving the chains, man, you might get more yards on that other thing, but it ain't going to be what this thing is here. Right. Yeah. Like there, there's right. going to be a value in that, that I think ultimately like winds up not being captured, but I was thinking about it in terms of just the entertainment value of football, you know, and the precision passing attack, which by the way, is really hard to do. Like we're learning that the reason that this was not the advance from the very beginning is it's very hard to find people who can actually pull this off. But if you go watch highlight films of like the old school, great running backs, there are no amazing runs that look like those amazing runs. Like everything is so efficient and like straight ahead, one mm-hmm. cut and go, all of this stuff. You go look at them Barry Sanders clips. There's nobody that <laughs> runs anything like Barry Sanders because nobody is like allowed to run anything like Barry Sanders. Like to me right now, there's one Hall of Fame running back in the league, a guy that I can say he's going in the Hall of Fame, and that's Derrick Henry, right? Yeah. Even Derrick Henry, like there's something you know amazing about like a buffalo going through the hole. Like there's that part. <laughs> But there's no, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no fun to it no more. That's the fun. That's where the analytics have taken away from the fun is the great running back and what a great running back look like. That's interesting. And I think your synopsis of it being going from the drama to the action movie is perfect because the action movie can always make more money, (laughs) you know, but it's not going to, it won't have the artistic value. And I think you're right about the, the types of runs are gone. So analytics has killed that a little bit, but analytics has made, I think football is a, a well-designed game as far as entertainment is concerned. And a- analytics has forced some dumb people to lean into it. It's also like forced them to acknowledge that athletic quarterbacks are better, like, and having more options is better. And that's made the game better. But the the passing attack that you see now, I don't know. I, I didn't watch every game when I was a kid, but it felt like, deep bombs was rare seeing somebody get mossed was it became a verb because we ain't never seen it before but like every every two three weeks somebody doing something special so that part of the game has gotten better but the other part has gotten a little not a little bit a lot worse because you're right i hadn't thought about that but you don't see them high school style runs no more no the, them athletes are still out there but no one leans in on them and you're right. They lean on them to not do things the way that they once were allowed to do it with my guy, Wayne Fonts. That was fun. Yes. <laughs> on, on Wednesday. <laughs> I never thought about Wayne Fonts, but when I, I heard his name, I was like, man, Wayne Fonts out here sneaking around. I didn't play sight. I didn't play sight. Just hoping don't nobody ask. All right. Just hiding out there in plain sight. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. 
Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's so wild because with the Dion stuff, you know, Dion and Barry Sanders are in the same draft. And it will be 34 years in April since that draft. I wish these kids could have grown up with a Barry Sanders. Just the mere notion and idea. It didn't matter how many games his team won, lost, or whatever it is. You just ain't never seen nothing like that before. My first number was 20 when I first started playing football. Oh, really? I love Barry. Yeah, I, I didn't. I couldn't do nothing like Barry, but I was <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> and, you know, my, Coach Marvin was a drill sergeant. He was our head coach, but he was like a, a, a actual drill sergeant where his fatigues to practice. You know what Coach Marvin wasn't here for? <laughs> coach Marvin was not here for no eight year olds trying to cut everything back. <laughs> coach Marvin was like, you better get downhill. It, it took me a couple years to 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 earn the ability to do whatever I wanted. Uh, every year, Barry Sanders would lead the league in like lost yardage on runs, and it did not matter. He was also, and I think this is the part with Sanders that gets forgotten, he was toting that thing 300, 340, 350. Like, he was getting them carries. Which is why he retired. <laughs> yes, like, he did. You know what? I'm good. But you know what, though? He still retired after 11 years. Yeah. Like, he, and, you know, always... I wonder, like, who's doing, like, who's doing how after they retire? Like, you can see different guys, and you can tell different people are in different physical states as it goes. The one thing I do always note, especially when it comes to the running back, every single one of them that used to get hell for going out of bounds, they look a lot different walking around than their more hard-charging compatriots. Franco Harris still out here getting things done, living life. I hear Jim Brown talk about Franco running out of bounds. Yes, yes. I would have run out of bounds every play myself. <laughs> if it was an option, yeah. Like uh, that that one yard is one extra yard ain't gonna be worth it. I ain't trying to prove to y'all how tough I am. Man, look here, I ain't about no wham. I ain't about no power. I ain't about no belly. I ain't about no dive. I'm gonna run over here toward the side, throw that thing to me, and let me figure out this angle that I need to get at. Yeah, that I mean. That's also different, too, is like that's the biggest argument for they don't make them like they used to. It's like I feel like all running backs were around for a long time and good for a long time, or at least like good running backs, you know? Well, yeah, just the ones you remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's it. But it doesn't feel like, I don't know, like Todd Gurley's here for a hot second. I mean, I guess there were some running backs like uh, Shady. He played for a while. Yeah. But he was never like there was always he was always kind of part of something. It was never like, hey. Just bang it up in there. Derrick Henry's like the only one, it feels like. They just all they just all treated as being so disposable, right? Yeah. Like the idea that it's a question of, hey, you think we should resign Saquon Barkley? Like, wait, we gotta talk about this? Yeah. 
that's crazy but yeah they shouldn't but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's the thing you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. oh like they they just concluded it's not worth the money which is mm -hmm. i mean it's reasonable it's understandable i still think though having a boss running back is still especially if you got you know like the christian mccaffrey model of boss running back that we're talking about but the, yeah. even even derrick henry I don't think there's anything more old school than Derrick Henry put Ryan Tannehill on his back for these however many years. And like, yo, we gonna run. You all right, this this is how we're gonna do this, and this is how you're gonna be decent. Derrick Henry got the deal, and I guess it's a similar deal that they should give to Saquon if you're thinking about it, but the the, the deal was like a two-year deal, you know, and it was still felt like, oh no, y'all giving him a lot of money. I don't know what uh Derrick Henry's career earnings are, but I know that whatever it is, the value that he's provided and also the the pain that he's endured is not commiserate with the money that he's made, which is always an interesting thing because like people do that all the time is like teachers should get paid as much as professional athletes because they work so much harder. Yeah, they might, but <laughs> don't actually add up to what they are creating for society. And this is that case where Derrick Henry what he is providing, I don't know what the number is, but it ain't enough. You could tell me it's a hundred million a season, and it ain't enough look, for the mattering he be giving and taking. I was about to say you were talking about the, the pain he endures, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess there is that too, because all I see when he plays is the pain he's doling out. Like yeah. I actually think somehow, because he somehow only made the Pro Bowl two times, it'll be three times this year. What's so slept on about Derrick Henry is he has at least. One, two, three, four, five runs in his career of 74 more yards or more. At least, I'm just looking at the long, you know, in the stats where they give the long run. We got a 75 one year, 99, 74, 94, 76. If I'm not mistaken, the only other player in NFL history with two 90-yard runs is Bo Jackson, mm. right? Like this dude has put, has 75 touchdowns, 7,875 yards for his career as it stands. And I did not realize this. You know, he played eight games last year before they shut him down. Do you know how many carries he had in eight games? <laughs> how many? 219. In eight games. That would shatter the record for most carries in a season like that would beat that record by i believe 30 because i think it's 410 from jamal anderson in 98 shatter that record he got 258 carries so far this year they are just like tote that thing dog you are what we got yeah that, that <laughs> it's gonna cost him <laughs> physically and i know he looks big and strong so did cam newton Fair. I mean, his add up like maybe the the opponent hurts a little more, but the thing is, there's new opponents every week yes. and every year. They file them out there and they keep taking shots all over. Well, see, that's that's the problem with the what contract do we give Derrick Henry? Exactly. Because you will find out that there is a problem too late. Yeah. No matter what, right? Nobody has ever really gotten out ahead of the running back thing where they're like, okay, I'm gonna let you go, and then they retire, like. You're going to find out too late by and large because when it happens, it happens. Yeah. There's no warning. You just off the cliff. Yeah. Uh I was just looking at his his career earnings, and it's gonna be less than a hundred million dollars by by quite a bit, which is around, I guess, around 50 something, I think. 
That dude want to go on pros versus Joe's so Kirk Cousins can play running back and he can play linebacker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like that, the, the running back, like, you know, you know your brethren, your football playing brethren, y'all be hating on basketball players religiously. Um, yeah. when you know, like y'all know that, right? Yeah, we do, but we're yeah. wrong. Yeah, well, you're wrong, but you're right at the same time, right? Like, you probably do work harder for your buddy. You probably do have to take more pay for your buddy. But, you know, the game is unfair. I imagine if I was a running back, I would hate bum quarterbacks more than anybody else in the world. Because really, every other position, you got a real chance to, like, figure out how to come up on a score, right? Like, every other position, you could achieve your way into real riches. Running back does not allow you to do that. I, I don't know why anybody would sign up for it at this age. Like when we were young, like that's all I wanted to be because running backs was what you built the team around. Like the mm-hmm. best teams had good running backs and everybody else was like, yeah, the quarterback was secondary. Mm-hmm. At least that was the way that we viewed it. But now it's like you can do anything other than play running back. It's just a, a laborer's position with limited glory in a short mm-hmm. period of time. And then Everyone thinks you're stupid if you even consider giving them a second contract. So if you're not a first round <laughs> running back, what are you doing? Right. You just you if because the first round you could get enough money at least <laughs> to set yourself up. You a third round running back? Ugh, yeah, I'm let me sorry, tell you, if you're a running back, back, let me tell you what you need to do if you are running back in college football. You listen to me. Leave school as soon as you can. The second you are eligible, if they say you will be a seventh round pick, leave. If they say you will be a free agent, leave. You might have a better play as a free agent because you're no matter what, like only by three of y'all going to be making more than minimal coming out of that draft. You know what I mean? The, the only pushback I would have there is actually your only chance is to be a first round pick. <laughs> you know, because like if you're a, a third round running back, if you are great, so let's say you get a four-year deal, you're great throughout that four-year deal, nobody going to be like, hey, he he got four more years for us. Like, it's one of a kind as far as positions concerned. Every other position in football, like even guard, mm-hmm. like if you're good at that, they'll, they'll resign you. It won't be uh, tackle money, but it'd be good money. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't think you're going to improve your way yeah, into the first true. round, right? Like, they, 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 they look at that tools right yeah. there. So if you're not going to improve your way into the first round, I I would quit. Yeah. Personally, I, I would you, quit doing this thing. You need to if if that is if you are a college running back, you need to take a look at that safety. See what that safety <laughs> talking about. Go go holla at, at some of those outside linebackers. See how they feel about life. No, see if got, you can do that. There's got to be nothing more disappointing than like the can makers of the world where you go you the high school the man at high school quarterback and you go to school and they're like, "Yeah, you're going to be a running back here." But I'm not though. Mm. But I'm not like, what was that? What was it? Purdue, you said, was trying to make you a receiver you didn't want to yep. be. <laughs> I, I really liked Purdue. And uh, Drew Brees was my host. They was really pushing it. And I was considering going all the way out to Indianapolis. We, My dad was in the military, so we lived there for two years. Before oh, Benjamin I didn't know Harrison. That. Yeah, so I wasn't too scared of going out there. Um, it was uh, kindergarten and first grade. I was going to go back. And at the end of the visit, they, I think they thought it was going to be a, a nice reward. As I'm walking around with Drew Brees, like, you know what? We think you'd be great at receiver. Nope. I will not be. <laughs> Who wants a cornerback? Anybody want a cornerback? <laughs> I'm not going there. Like most of my draft or my recruiting stuff had me either as a cornerback or as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Nah. Anybody who was talking about this athlete foolishness, I'm good on that. I, I wasn't 
that worldly at 17, but I knew enough to know corners get paid and also don't get their heads. Oh, you would. Yeah, that's a different that that was a different era. We're going over the middle bit, something completely different. <sighs> I'm not there. I I am delivering those hits that nobody sees, lighting people up when they're not looking. <laughs> I'm not. I can't imagine. I remember a play. Uh, I think it was a Monday night game in Denver. We were playing against the Titans and I was on defense. A ball got tipped and went like straight up in the air. And it was like an easy interception. I alligator armed that thing so fast because I wasn't trying to get hit. Champ came flying over, <laughs> stressed out, <laughs> caught the ball. Yeah, that, that's why you're you. And I'm me. <laughs> Dog, I would that, that square in. Mm, mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely not going in perpendicular. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 the one that that time when uh when, when Colt McCoy almost died. Well, okay, there's like eight of those, but the James the time James Harrison almost brought his ending, and he I felt like he was running perpendicular. He was like running perpendicular sideline, and James Harrison was running it too, and it was just like, oh, you see this coming the whole way. Anytime it's coming together at that right angle, dog. Bad news. Bad news. The worst hit I took while I was playing was actually from Eddie Royal, and he actually took it easy on me. So uh, I had just gone to Atlanta, and we were playing the Broncos, the team that traded me, and Jay Cutler was still there. He started scrambling, left. I go that way, then I come back to the other way when he comes back that way, and Eddie Royal just standing there, blindsided the hell out of me in my chest. Fortunately, he didn't hit me in the head because he didn't knock me smooth out. I got up, coughing up blood, all types of shit, and like went to the sideline. Once the blood stopped coughing up, you know what? This is a contract year, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm gonna need to get back out on that field. I can't have this. Eddie Royal is a receiver. Like it's small too. Like he's one of a few guys in football that was like my size. He's not a big dude, but he's fast and he's a uh, he's a rock because everyone in football is a rock. And I'm running, not looking, and he dove through my chest. It hurt. Look, here's what I, all anybody needs to know about how hard them dudes are hitting in the NFL is how hard dudes get hit in the NBA on screens. Mm-hmm. Like the screen is low key, wild, underrated. It's like the jab in boxing. It just looks like a thing that happens all the time, right? But there's a reason why you got to call out them screens in basketball, <laughs> right? You don't. Somebody might be out forever, and that's just somebody standing still. <laughs> Right, you there's notice, no propulsion involved here. You know the screens hurt by the way that guys be looking <laughs> and the way that they be turning them down. Like, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Not in game 32. <laughs> yeah, I can tell it hurts. That's, them bodies ain't built for that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I want to jump on something right quick. Uh in the actual football week because I was just going through looking at the games that were being played to get ready for this show. And I want to make sure I get this number right because it blew my mind. And I got to admit, it made me both 
laugh and like actual happy as opposed to just laughing. But did you know that Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are a two point favorite over the Minnesota Vikings? I did know that. And I was shocked just like you look man. The Vikings got whatever their record is now, you know, 10 and two, I think. Yeah, they're 10 and two. And they are an underdog to a team that both has Jared Goff and plays games in Detroit Lion costumes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Somebody showing up in a Detroit Lion suit and saying, Hi, I'm Jared Goff. And they're like, I think you're going to win. So all teams got this nobody believes in us narrative. <laughs> Even the good teams. If you remember last year, the damn Warriors won the NBA championship and them fools had the nerve to talk about nobody believes in us. <laughs> so trust me, everyone says it and they're always wrong, except for right now. <laughs> right now, the Vikings, the Vikings deserve, if they go on a big run, they deserve to, to go on the nobody believes in us because Talk about bulletin board material. You know, they just walk in there and say, you know what? They got the Lions over us. And the Lions, like, it's disrespectful to put the to make the Lions favorite. When the Lions are over 500, it still feels like a slight. <laughs> They're two games under 500. And y'all are eight games over. And they're like, you know what? Y'all going to lose. <laughs> here's, how, here's how bad the Vikings should be. I thought you, when you were doing that whole buildup, I thought you were talking about the Lions because nobody believed in the Lions. But then I had to stop and remember, they're the favorites. Somebody <laughs> doesn't believe in the Lions. <laughs> this this the Vikings the are like, what else do we have to do? And the answer is, I don't know. Mm, yeah. Well, the answer is, win some games that are not one score games uh and also do have a quarterback who we feel like we can trust who's consistently uh good this year has been so up and down for him he's always up and down but this year has been really up and down and their best player on defense is probably uh Darius Smith after that we're looking at Patrick Peterson did you, did you see what uh, Garrett Wilson was doing to him last week? My point exactly. <laughs> Ooh, yo, being an 11-year vet at quarter is hard, hard, and especially a dude like him who's always just so big and massive. He, he to me, might be the, the most athletic corner that we have ever had. Like, what do they call it? That incredible. speed to power stuff? Yeah. Right? Incredible. Yeah. So and Garrett Wilson was out there like the new sheriff in town, dog. Right, like that was that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now I know what the Vikings have to do for us to believe in them. It's actually very simple: win all their games the rest of this year and the rest of next year. <laughs> you do that, and then I'm gonna be like, yeah, I know. I think you know, I think they got a chance to uh, to get this thing going. The other thing about Cousins, what I think is very interesting, Cousins has managed to maintain and stick around and everything else because he puts up incredible stats. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody that actually has him really wants him that much. But he's had a statistical profile that feels undeniable if you don't actually watch it. But now, because of the way our narratives swirl, they're winning all these games. And so it's now, hey, we got to give Kirk Cousins some credit, right? Except he is having, by far, his worst statistical season since he became a starter, right? There's really no basis for the Kirk Cousins love this year. First, 
Patrick Peterson playing corner one year is hard. Doing as long as he has is hard. And he's actually having a good season. But you're right. Garrett Wilson. <laughs> that boy's something there. That boy's something there. I, just, My Jets. The, the worst, yeah, the worst thing Zach Wilson has done so far is hid that man from us. Because <laughs> uh, that man is going to be something there. But to your point about Kirk Cousins, think about this. A black man named Quessy came into a place called Minnesota and was like, nah, I don't really like that guy. That's what the GM said before. He even like really took hold of the job. He they was asking, I don't remember the exact quote. I can look it up, but they were asking him about the long-term future for Kirk Cousins before the season started. And he was like, mm, Yeah, we'll see. We best man play, something like that. And I and and nobody got upset. Everybody was like, Yeah, I like I like this Adolfo guy. He on to something. <laughs> he is on to something. That is crazy to me. Mike Zimmer used to be over there hating his life with Kirk Cousins. They fired him and got a general manager. That felt the exact same way. The exact same way. Like the quarterback thing, I forget the exact numbers. I was reading some column. I think it was in SI about Baker Mayfield. And like the argument for Baker Mayfield still getting to bounce around is why not? Yeah. Right? They're, basically, the point was, I, I forget what statistical measure they use. It may have been some EPA number or something like that. But Basically, we got like nine good quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league right now. Now, that's skewed a bit by like, for example, uh, the nasty man just got back. So he would not wind up being in the sample. But the number of good quarterbacks, that whole like 10 year period where the league couldn't figure out how to draft quarterbacks, couldn't find them. It's coming to roost now. Yeah, The high end is really young. The middle age in quarterback. So Baker Mayfield could be Baker Mayfield. I might stick around for another 10 years because we don't have adequate people in the labor pool to replace him. Kirk Cousins, no one has exploited the labor market and his dynamics to their advantage. Quite like that guy. I I don't know what to say other than yes. And also, man, he's been so fortunate. How he go from Stefan Diggs to Justin Jefferson. To maybe the two of the, I mean, definitely two of the best in the league. Maybe the two best. I guess you could put Tyreek Hill up there. But what them team, what them guys do to a defense, and what they do for a quarterback. Yeah. Well, Jefferson is even more helpful Justin. for a guy like Kirk Cousins because Jefferson is always open. Three guys oh, yeah. on his back, yeah. still open. Right. Like like Diggs is gonna get open. Jefferson yeah. is open. <laughs> yeah. Just put it over there. Right Put it over there in his vicinity. He gonna go. He gonna go get it and make everybody look bad. And then gritty in the end zone and have you <laughs> flying on a plane topless with just chains on because he's yes. that good. Yes, I tell you, boy, I always wonder. Any LSU fans listening to this? Do y'all ever wish that Jordan Jefferson could play quarterback? Justin. Like, do you wish that Jordan had been a receiver and Justin had been a quarterback? Do you remember Jordan Jefferson oh, was at LSU? Oh, okay, I got confused. My bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Ooh. Boy, I don't know of a fan base that got more gripe with anybody than LSU fans that with Jordan Jefferson. And honestly, they had the gripe with him because he was better than Jared Lee. So he wound up being out there in the national championship game when they were sorry. Like they tried not to, but the other guy was just too sorry. But I will just never forget Jordan Jefferson, the one that hopped that gate at that apartment complex. And the Honey Badger's life was never the same 
again. This this is the opposite of the homeboy Hall of Fame. Yeah, he um, I wrote a piece on him a, a couple years ago, not on on Jordan, but on on Tyron Matthew and the career that he had from that point is pretty incredible. And the story behind all that stuff, I don't know, we're at a different place though. That's all like society has changed because Tyron Matthew, the way that we talked about him or he was talked about or treated back then based on what was going on in his life is very different. I honestly think that they use that uh, like character stuff as like a mask for the actual reason why nobody really wanted him. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what to do with him. Yeah, which yeah, and he's in New Orleans now, not not being the player he once was, but that happens to everybody. No, see, I think somebody would have figured out what to do with him, but I know a big part of it was what people were telling me at the time, like what did him in at LSU was they getting ready to do the Heisman campaign, and they're like, all right, but dog, we need you to like get this thing taken yeah. care of, and he just couldn't. And it just reached a point for them where they just looking around like, I mean, it'd take a lot for LSU to jettison yeah. talent. You know what I'm saying? And so once you once you start um missing ass- missing assignments when you knew the due date, yeah. It was just like, uh, but my thing with Jordan Jefferson was ain't nobody calling the cops on no LSU football player who quarterbacked in a national championship game because he jumped the jumped the gate yeah. unless they hate you. Yeah. I <laughs> I was that's one thing that I I've never experienced. Like I was big man on campus, kind of. But University of Maryland is pretty much in D.C. So like we not in no nowhere town like most colleges are. And also when our best years, we were winning ACC titles while the damn basketball team was winning national national titles. So like thought about that. Yeah. So like we was walking around campus during the fall. Like, yeah. I, mean, I may go to class. I may not go to class. And you walk into the little party and like, yeah, ladies, I'm here until mother Juan Dixon walk in. And you're like, oh, all right, well, we'll, we'll take whoever's left. The Blake show up and you're like, oh, for real? Kill. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we go to another party somewhere else. By the way, have but, you, do you know what Juan Dixon's up to these days? Yeah, he's coaching at Bowie State, right? Copping. I mean, nah, not Bowie at Coppin State. Yeah, they um, uh, they did they beat Georgetown or they were close. They were close to beating Georgetown. I think they did, but I think we might be able to beat Georgetown. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see that wild story that came out of Coppin? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was absolutely Yo, wild. Like I can't even recount it because it's just so much that's going yeah. on. But just know, look it up, guys. It involves catfishing, an assistant coach, and a current player. And the way those words come together will shock you. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, for a Coppin State basketball story to get into my newsfeed, you yeah. know it got to be something special. I mean, I'm from Baltimore, so maybe that's what Google was, was thinking about. But they sent it right to me, and I read the hell out of that. Can you imagine what a scandal that would be, though, if it happened in like a school that people cared about? Oh like, God. like we we shut the world down for bad Tai Teo. Imagine yeah. if it was this. Oh, man. In fact, the only reason that we got the story is because it happened at Coppin. If this happened at a bigger school that people do oh. something about, they'd be like, nah, 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 nah. We got to We got to handle this in house. Yeah, that is 
the future of, I, I don't know, the Coppin State story is interesting. I'm sure stuff like that happens at a bunch of different places. There's always rumors around like different sports at Maryland that who knows whether it's true or not of some wild stuff. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if stuff is still going on at other places. Probably nothing that crazy. Maybe actually it might be something that crazy. Who was, there was a, um, I gotta find this. I, I like briefly came across, I forgot what school it was, but some coaches was hiding guns and hiding players. Oh, wow. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just had to cut this one out because I don't want to send us in the wrong well, direction. Well, I you, Carolina had a legendary rumor involving a former player and assistant coach and a significant other of one of theirs. You can put yeah. those together as you wish to people. It, hashtag IYKYK, right? That story so pales in comparison to what we have just mentioned with Coppin State. So pales in comparison. That, that rumor was around not at Carolina, not just at Carolina, at lots of schools. So maybe some of them are false. Some of them thinks it's true. Yeah, I'm just looking out for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, here's the yeah. test on, on, on like rumors like that one. I never got anybody who said it was true. Right. Well, like, you know, like reputable, right? Like media, no one ever said that. But not one person ever said it was false. Not a soul has been like, man, that didn't happen. No, 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 no. Yeah, the bowl, the bowl trips. There were, when, whenever we went on a bowl trip, there'd be some new stories coming back. But all right, I looked it up. <laughs> um was it New Mexico State University coach held on to gun used by player in self-defense killing? I mean, Tom Osborne did that with one of his players. <laughs> Took that gun and put it in his desk. Said he was running his own investigation. Look, man, oh. I am not. You better get that gun away from me. <laughs> <laughs> My fingerprints will not be on your gun. Oh, I remember this happened. Um, one I talked to one of my teammates from. College. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that the new New Mexico State story? Uh, the one from a couple weeks ago. Yes, I believe so. Okay, so if people don't know this story, I can break this down a little bit. There was a basketball player at New Mexico State who had been at a party and he stomped out mm -hmm. some dude from the University of New Mexico, like after their big football game. So. This dude goes to New Mexico State. I don't know how far um, Las Cruces and Albuquerque are, right? But he's in. He's at New Mexico State. He meets this girl, and she like, "Yo, come on campus. We can get down, right?" And he like, "Cool," but he don't realize that this girl is actually friends with the dude that he stomped out. And the dude that he stomped out is like, "Yeah, yeah, get him to come to campus." So he gets there to see the girl. They wind up hitting Buddy with a baseball bat, right? taking about shooting at him. And I mean, I don't know if I'm giving credit for the wrong things. The dude that got hit with the baseball bat is not the dude who died. He's the one uh -huh. that got his strap shot back and left him dude, left dude on the ground. It's, it's self-defense. It's not only <laughs> self-defense. Once you heal up, you come to my training camp, dog. You, you got <laughs> you. You cool under pressure. I mean, that's why the coaches wasn't trying to let them uh, question my man. Yeah, he's like, yo, I, I, I hold your peace, right? I mean, that, that's, that's a, I don't love none of y'all that much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, will, I will get you in touch with the attorney in town who does his pro bono work for players. Yeah. They was like chasing the, the, 
trying to catch up to the team bus, all type of stuff. It was wild. No, I didn't see that part. I just saw the first part, which was just the whole circumstance around the shooting. But yeah, definitely self-defense. And by the way, running up on somebody with a baseball bat. Anytime you hear a story about somebody getting stole on with a baseball bat, I saw a video of somebody in New York City got stole on with a baseball bat. That's attempted murder, man. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. Well, here's the other problem. Don't nobody play baseball no more. Like, who, who plays baseball enough to need yeah. to have a bat at the house? Uh, they, you should not be able to buy a baseball bat in the store. You should have to order that from a sports wholesaler who should require you to give me some documentation <laughs> of what baseball team you are on. Because uh, if you are not playing baseball with the baseball uh, bat, the only other yeah. thing you're doing is you are the perpetrator of a crime. People are like, I got it for self-defense. That ain't go, that is an offensive yeah. weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I do think that some red flags should go off of anybody. <laughs> if somebody leave Walmart with a baseball bat, yeah, they need to tell you <laughs> and make sure you are going to a diamond somewhere. <laughs> I got to show not. ID to buy sinus headache medicine. And they just let anybody walk out of here with a baseball bat. <laughs> I was driving through Durham one time on Holloway Street. Now, Holloway Street apparently is getting a little gentrified, but this is like 15 years ago. It wasn't no kind of gentrified because it was a Sunday afternoon. Hardly anybody was out. And I saw some dude in a baseball jersey and some big old shorts, and he had a baseball bat over his shoulder. And I turned my car around and I said, I didn't need to be anywhere near whatever the hell was going on down there did i tell you about when i was in detroit about a year ago mm -mm. so i'm in detroit my my cousin moved out there for a job and he loves it out there it's cool i went to visit him around um i stopped there on my way to the hall of fame and he we was going out to dinner and he don't live downtown he lived like out in the suburbs so we're going downtown for dinner it's broad daylight it's like summertime it's like, I don't know, like five, six o'clock. It's still bright. We just driving. There's a man standing on a corner with jeans on, uh, a tactical vest with no shirt underneath, holding a nine, just standing on the corner, holding a nine millimeter in his hand, just like holding it, not pointing at nobody, just holding it at his side with a tactical vest, no shirt on underneath. And we driving by people walking by and i don't think what was so the most i've been some places i've seen some things i'm not like made too uncomfortable but what made me like gave me pause was initially seeing him was like oh that's oh that's wild that's weird but how nobody around him was <laughs> uncomfortable like the people at the bus stop like man he just there every we all driving by my cousin me and my cousin the only ones like hmm, this ain't right yeah, I'm not going to call them people, but somebody should do something about this. <laughs> this is a concern. And that is Dominique Fosper. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show. You can get the podcast. Be sure to check that out. My man is always appreciated. I appreciate you, Bo. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. Tell us about that time. You know, you thought you got somebody the perfect gift, and it was not. It was not perfect at all. 860-516-4119. That is our telephone number. Dan Stancic, Adi Connor, Parker Owens, handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Stay it easy.
Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.